Bigger than cakes. Give me some outside. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it, and then I watched it. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach, and this week we're all here. So, Angela, Will, Matt, how are you guys doing? Hello, doing Hello. good, man. How are you doing? So, so, cannot complain. Yeah. Saving all my complaints for later. <laughs> <laughs> Storing them up in your little complaint bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very hot, and we have watched Bloodshot, so guess what our moods are? I'll tell you something, Matt. My blood's hot whoa oh man i was trying to yeah. work out the pun around that and i just couldn't um, figure out it was too a better way obvious. of saying that but thanks will you've really well, that was the podcast and, uh, <laughs> so this is our second valiant live adaptation special in a two-month period which i know what you're all thinking is a little bit too much <laughs> of this but hey Thankfully, it's probably a while till we're going to do the next one. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so with that in mind, this week we are discussing Bloodshot, the 2020 film from Sony and Sony. And a whole bunch of other companies and oh, Valiant yeah. Entertainment. A lot of companies. Yeah. Go to IMDb, search them out if you're that kind that of find. Bloodshot trivia person yeah, I, I don't know blood, that if you think the bloodshot might come up in a pub quiz for some reason <laughs> and it won't be who made it it'll be who else made it that'll be the big question yeah <laughs> um so this was directed by dave wilson and written by jeff wadlow and eric heiserer um yeah i'm not going to go into the full everybody else but it was produced by dinesh shamdasani who is the valiant entertainment man was um, yes. uh, yeah at this point he was not anymore but bloodshot had already started production so i guess he was already locked in money that. involved yeah. yeah so does anyone want to handle kind of giving an overview of this or is this does this fall on my <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think that might come out as we as we discuss it and compare it to the comics but i mean i think you should probably give a little a little summary I, I... I can read you the summary off the back of oh, the yeah. DVD packet. There you oh, go. Oh, please, yeah. Wait, no, let's let Zach try and give one first and then <laughs> uh, say what the DVD describes it as. So it's going to be something like mm. Ray Garrison was an American hero <laughs> until he died and then came back again and then died and then came back again and then. No. I mean, you're close in some regards. Do you want which, to add which to regards? That? The fact that he was a soldier. Okay. He died. So he was a soldier who died, who was reanimated by uh, Rising Spirit Technologies with nanites in his blood, meaning that he can do badass things like not really die and google search without getting his phone out um 
However, is he actually, you know, is he who he believes he is or are rising spirit technologies, you know, resetting his brain every five minutes? Yes, they are. It was in the trailer. It was literally told to us in the first <laughs> second of the trailer. Yeah, and they kept true. looping Johnny Cash over and over as if that's something I need in my life. Um, I don't know. I can't. I'm not going to get this word for word, that's, but I'm pretty sure I'm giving you the gist. That's pretty damn close. Um, so based on the best selling comic book. False. Yeah, I know. Um, Vin Diesel stars as Ray Garrison, a soldier recently killed in action and brought back to life as the superhero bloodshot by the RST Corporation. False. (laughs) With an army of nanotechnology in his veins, he's an unstoppable force, stronger than ever and able to heal instantly. I was waiting for a false, it didn't happen. That was was true. True. <laughs> but in controlling his body, the company has sway over his mind and his memories too. Now Ray doesn't know what's real and what's not, but he's on a mission to find out. For some of the film. <laughs> some <laughs> of the film. About um, 30 minutes of the film. <laughs> it's okay, so some of the words on the back of the box are true. Vin Diesel is playing Ray Garrison. That I was is... going to say, like, if you, and if you order them, if you put them in a different order, you might get something. <laughs> um, I I do believe that amongst Valiant, it might be like best selling. I don't think it's like. Oh, you can apply that to almost anything. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. You only have to best sell in a particular category. Yeah. It could be the best selling I... comic called Bloodshot that was released on that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That particular week. I, I will say that based on press releases and information before this film came out, after this film came out, and whilst this film was coming out, it is incredibly unclear what comic this is based on. So there's definitely a bit of that 2012 run, but... I I would say there is some of the 2012 run. I'd also say they've thrown some 90s stuff in there. Yes, and I know there are little casual nods to like nineties creators and yeah, which pleased me. (laughs) (laughs) Glad there's somebody out there that was there for that. Is it Bob Layton and Kevin Van Hook that get a shout out at one point? Um, Yeah. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Yeah, I can't say I know very much about the nineties, so my perspective comes entirely from the the modern reboot. I think we can catch it up by saying that there were trading cards, video games, and on some occasions, trade paperbacks, but not most of the time, and not always for the start of the comic. Mm, sounds good. Um, that's that's 90s Valiant in a nutshell. Yeah. That's... Love 90s Valiant. Um, so, if, if we begin on a kind of film versus comic perspective... What are people's thoughts on on that idea? Well, for me, only having read the 2012 comics, um, I don't know which bits might be taken from the 90s, but I thought the film was actually quite reminiscent of those first two trades from 2012, Mm -hmm. particularly how it sets up with, uh, as you say in the trailer, like the, the memory that drives him. Yeah. And that's that's pretty similar to the um, 
the first volume of the 2012 reboot. I think once he's into RTS, or PRS as it's correctly called... Um, <laughs> Not to make the, a thing out of it or anything. <laughs> the other kind of augmented soldiers in there, I think, were like toned-down versions of... I think they're called Chainsaw Command. Yeah, I think the they are volume. Yes. And there's yeah. very similar, like there's, they've got an eye guy who's got lots of like cameras in, instead of being able to see and definitely reminiscent. So I thought it took quite a lot from at least the bits that I'm familiar with mm. from Bloodshot and fought them fairly closely. I think it missed certain bits that I think are all right. For instance, the comic gets a lot more into Psyots and that side of the universe, which... Which, to be when fair, you're only doing the one kind of story with the one character, it's not necessary. Yeah, when and maybe not I, trying to build a universe. I absolutely. I think DC made the mistake of trying to do too much too quickly. Um, so I think it was probably wise to chop that kind of bit of the story out. However, there are bits like in the comic, he talks to his nanites and they take on a personality. And you never get any of that in the film. And I think that's a miss. Like, I I, I enjoy that um, PTS-related, which you definitely get into much later, Bloodshot. But I think it's relevant in the first couple of volumes as well, um, which you just don't get any of in, in this. And I think it's what tempers him in the comic from just being an all-out action, like, 80s-style uh actions like superstar is the sort of psychological angle on it that's what makes him more interesting to me as a character yes i i agree um and and i think you are right about those first two trades i know valiant did reissue them in a kind of definitive collection i think they called it something like that which was the which was issues zero through 13 so that's probably the first Um, So clearly they thought that's what this was based on. (laughs) Or at least the bit they wanted to reprint tell us it was based on that. Well, I think, wasn't all of this supposed to come into Harbinger Wars eventually? Yeah, the original plan they always said was that it was going to be two Bloodshot films, two Harbinger films, and then Harbinger Wars crossover. Um, Originally, there was meant to be a post credit scene for this with Toyo Harada, which yeah. would have then like set up that Harbinger existed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Paramount have the rights for Harbinger. Paramount, yeah, that's what happened. Paramount have the Harbinger rights and they said no. Which, thanks. <laughs> I, I kind of agree that it's not a great move to set up a universe like immediately because I think it obviously didn't work for DC. But I would have liked a few little like hints or Easter eggs just to give me a little bit of a something. Whereas this feels almost desperate to not make any connections in a way. Like, yeah, I almost think it's not where I would have started. No, no. I, d- I don't think if you're doing a Valiant universe, Bloodshot is not the character that I would start to build that universe with. So yeah. why do you think you should start with Archie Armstrong, Angela? Because it's the best <laughs> comic, obviously. <laughs> Thank but you. But no, 
<laughs> if I was being, if I was, if I was a business person and not someone who who believes that Archie and Armstrong is clearly, I think they could have, they probably should have got because Bloodshot's like action hero, and we'll get into this film being just like an action film, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of action films, and one reason that Marvel have done fairly well, I mean, you know, they're quite successful. I've heard this rumor, um, is that their films also they do different tones. So, like, they made Captain America, the first Captain America was a period piece, and then, admittedly, with, you know, Hydra in it, and then they went on and did Winter Soldier as a thriller. Um, And so they try and mix up their genres a little bit, like Thor Ragnarok was obviously a love letter to, you know, sci-fi films of the 80s, and Psychedelia and all that. Whereas, yeah, so doing something different I think would have helped Valiant sort of show themselves as something different and make them different to the rest like oh it's another comic book film but mm. if it's a comic book film that's different to all the other comic book films that'll make you stand out mm-hmm. which is why it yeah. should be Archie and Armstrong there you are <laughs> nicely rounded off thank yeah. you I reread the first two volumes recently it's kind of uh, re-remember those hooks and see how they compared and i prefer the comic as a as a story actually i think it has a bit more depth to it um i think it's easier to do that in a comic i think you can get more story in a shorter period of time than you often can in films um particularly with the level of like editorial and stuff just saying more action please <laughs> Yeah. Well, what's that, this that, story? Yeah. No, blow something up. I mean, that was the case with the studio. Like, there is there is an alternate ending, which is a better ending to this film, where he kills whatever character. I, I don't. Harting, Doctor Harting. No, not him. The the legs guy, <laughs> legs guy. Oh, oh, oh Tibbs, oh, oh, not old Jimmy Tibbs. Dalton. Yeah, that's yeah. him, old Jimmy Dalton. When he kills him, so in the original ending, he murders him in a swimming pool. Um, but in this ending, there's a massive elevator fight, and that was mandated by the studio. The studio didn't like just drowning a guy. They wanted more action. I Yes, I mean... What I will say about the elevator fight is it is so incredibly CGI. Yes. And there's kind of slow motiony bits in it that make me feel like that's where it would come up to be like, press X to punch Dalton. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a press long circle to dodge event. punch, and <laughs> that's I all think, I can think. I don't think it's hugely well directed in those moments, but I've been uh, I've been watching a uh, YouTube channel called Corridor Crew, and they frequently do uh, like VFX artists react, and I've learned a bit a little bit about like how things are put together, and I think on the whole, for the probable budget that will have been applied to this, I think on the whole the graphics are pretty decent. I think for most part, the VFX, like you say, the elevator fights may be the wonkiest bit. But in terms of like how the nanites react and work in the world and um, a lot of kind of aerial stunts and things are probably quite heavily CGI'd, I think most of it holds up fairly well. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think there, there's the odd bit where it sticks out a bit and doesn't really transition in. That bit where he gets like half his face blown off. Yeah. That was it featured a lot in all the trailers feels very much like my what cgi you have i (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a CGI <laughs> edge, you forgot. Yeah, and th- don't get me wrong. I don't even think it's a bad sequence. I just think I've seen it so much because it was like the start of the trailer showed that and then was like bloodshot. So I think I've just seen that so much that I'm like painfully aware of how that visual <laughs> looks. I see it when I close my eyes. To, to go back to compare it to the comics. Briefly. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That, you know what disappoints me? He doesn't have to eat a cow at any point in this film. Yes! Never, never gets the, the skin blown off his face either. No, no. Where's where's that? It's it, Because, yeah, nanites can rebuild you, but in the comics they, it is explained yeah. that they need protein to do that. And where's your protein, man? I also like, although I don't think it's followed through in the comics very much, but they mention in the first two volumes that the nanites that Bloodshot have in him evolved. They weren't designed. Mm. And I just like that as a concept. And of mm. course, they never touch yeah. on it on this. And I don't think they really touch on it again in the comics. I, I feel much. like it, in the no. comics, they don't know what that means as soon as they've said it. <laughs> so it comes yeah. to a head with Harada where it, it grows its own personality, like his nanites as a whole. Yeah. Um, and then once he kind of solves that situation, never mentioned again. They're mine now. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember where I started this point. <laughs> um, it was about eating protein bars and not having a face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I'm in total, total agreement. I think that is a miss to lose that from the character's yeah. portfolio of quirks. Um, we're basically told in the final scene of this when Wiggins is like... That they don't need energy or anything anymore and they're all just... good. So he's never going to have to eat a cow, is basically... It's disappointing. This is so so... We're, we're never going to get that scene in a sequel of no. Vin Diesel just biting into the back of a cow, like, you know? Yeah, just, just walking up to a whole cow, and then that cow's gone. I think... Taking up... his jaw like a snake. Oh. <laughs> I think removing, like, a character's weakness is very video game. Like, I don't think that... Yeah. This did feel a bit like a video game. Like someone was programming this as I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it felt. I don't know whether because it's full of tropes and cliches, and I mean they do sort of nod to the fact that hey, these constructed realities, you're just using every eighties action cliche. Yeah, and yeah. it's like that's not really enough, guys, is it? That's not really enough. You even have the classic, let's sit in the sunset and contemplate our new lives, and then literally drive off into the sunset. <laughs> oh yeah, I. And it just felt like someone had like it's almost like if. Someone had The Sims, but a comic book version, and we're making a film, that's how you do it. Does does anyone have a favourite um, 80s cliche that's in this film? Or 90s cliche or whatever? Because I do. Oh, go on. Oh, go on. Nobody, nobody clasps and calls anybody a son of a bitch, so my favourite isn't in there. Oh, yeah, no. Um, this is more of a 90s kind of cliche, but... Um, Those nanites are going to make you a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> um, that right near the start where Martin Axe is introduced and is dancing in an avatar oh, yeah. the psycho oh, killer it is so so painfully awkward and surreal and yeah. feels like and the way even the way it's filmed yeah, yeah. why is he wearing socks and flip flops man if, he, if, if Bloodshot didn't want to kill him already <laughs> just for <laughs> yeah. that well, now this... I've got to. Sorry, carry on. I think you've got a point. 
at just it's it's the most blatant like I've seen some Tarantino films and now I'm making a film of scenes, which is even acknowledged by Harting and Eric, like to him, like, no, I've had enough of your suggestions with psycho killer and dancing. Ugh. And it <laughs> he's right, but it's a cliche yeah. that is so surreal that I, I quite like it. I, yeah. I was I thinking I was going to have to come to its defence the way you were talking, and then you ended with that you quite liked it, okay. <laughs> which, was, which was a twist I wasn't yeah. expecting. Insult, like insult, insult is great. <laughs> now, I um, th- this was my second second watch uh, for my sins, um, but um, but on the second viewing, knowing that this whole intro was an illusion, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit more. Like I was thinking, yeah. it, this should be dialed up to ludicrous because it is some idiot's idea of what an action man would would live the problem is is they once they made that joke they then forgot about that and carried on to make the stupid 80s action film that an idiot thinks they live yeah but the while i was watching it and knowing it was an illusion i was thinking actually i'm I'm kind of into this intro like make it as hopped up 80s ludicrousness as you want because it is just a, a pro it's a story and once that twist comes, a twist that they gave away, as you mentioned beforehand, yeah. um, which, to be fair, I think when you're making a character like Bloodshot, I think you sort of have to. How else do you attract people to the cinema? How, how else do you say we're different? Yeah, you have to give other, that hook. It's a shame because it is quite a good sort of twist. And the first time I read Bloodshot, I didn't know that. And it was yeah. obviously much, much better. Um but my point being, I thought the intro was actually quite good. They just didn't follow it up by making a much better, less cliched film to yeah. follow that joke. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish, like, I I said to Zach when we were watching it um, that I just, I, I wish that, you know, like, when, when Bloodshot, like, goes on the bed to be reset, um, I wish they didn't just blow it there they didn't have the guy come up to him right there and just say it all right yeah, before we got that first up. reset yeah. i wish that we'd gotten an, like another another run mm-hmm. like but a, a quicker like a sort of like a flash forward sort of run like dung 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 sort of like i mean you sort hit. of do kind of get a montage of another mission don't you but I, it is after the audience has it's been, been explained yeah. yeah yeah so you kind of get that sequence but i know what you mean like the 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 rug has been pulled by that point yeah and it's just too quick and it's a very awkward way of doing it because it's like literally dalton's like yes i am the villain you will hate me look at me chewing gum and sticking it under the thing like yeah. some sort of but, like villainous there's, person there's something almost good there with the fact that you know like you see all of the different pieces of gum mm. yeah so you know it's happened like, before that but that's that the, that's the yeah. problem. but it's just like just why leave it are that. you doing this right away yeah, just leave it at that. Just show that. Yeah, that and then would have been yeah. go again. You don't need to have him say it. You cut away, and then you do it. You trying to say that less is yeah. more, Matt? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I I do think Matt is correct. Which, yeah. if we can get that on record, yeah. <clears throat> note that down. Time and date. 
<laughs> I do kind of struggle with what some characters' motivations are. Like, what is Dalton's problem? Like, legitimately. Is that That's another problem. I mean, let's just... None of these characters are from the comics. Like, the only character that's in the comics basically is Bloodshot. And everything everyone else is kind of loosely based on some of Somewhere the characters. Else, so. Yeah. It's odd that, like, there are some characters who are just name flips, more or less. Like, Wilfred Wiggins is kind of curatage. And yeah. I've certainly yeah. got no problem with changing the character. I just don't really understand why. Like, I'd... Yeah, why, if you're adapting a comic book, are you doing that to literally everyone but your central character? Do you think Martin Axe was a subtle nod to Axe? Axe, yeah. I, I, see, I'm not sure. Was he a nod to Axe as in, like, Harbinger Axe? Or was he a nod to like nineties tech villain? Or was he a uh, yeah. or was he a nod to the to the hand tool that you use for cutting wood? <laughs> um, He's a wood a saw. Or <laughs> um, different franchise. One thing I do feel like the the flipping of characters is a bit of an odd one, and Harting seems very similar to many characters we see in the kind of PRS establishment. But I I do feel like it's odd to basically take nothing from the comics, like, because there's like a storyboard there of what to work from and to decide, no, none of these character names. I I have to ask, how many of you think that his name is Wilfred Wiggins? And how many of you are going to struggle with the idea that his last name is Wiggins? Because I think <laughs> I've had all night to think about this. So I mean, there's some terrible British accents in this. Let's just mm-hmm. make that completely clear. Nobody is playing their correct nationality aside from Vin Diesel. Um, everyone you've got, yeah, everyone's playing it. So I'm thinking that when they were pronouncing Wigans, because they've heard of Wigan, they assume. That Wigan, because Wigan is spelt with an A. Yeah, it's the spelling think, of Wigan. Yeah, yep. it's the spelling of Wigan. So they assume because we say it's Wigan, they go, yeah, add an S, it's Wiggins. I mm. don't know. They might be completely unfamiliar with Wigan, but if you live round here, we know Wigan. So Actually, I wonder if that it, was it. It brings me very nicely to a point I wanted to uh, wanted to make, and you reminded me. Thank you, Angela. Welcome. I think everybody at Valiant knows of London. <laughs> but has never been or seen it because we had this with uh, Savage. Yeah, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, Savage, um, where you get the iconography of maybe the London Eye or the Gherkin or perhaps Big Ben, and then nothing else is remotely familiar to any place in England, actually. Yeah. And again, um, I found out uh, through IMDb's uh, trivia that yeah. all of the London scenes are barring the kind of pan down shot again of the millennium dome and ooh, what else can we get in maybe uh, houses of parliament you know, get that in and, and then the rest is in cape town in south africa yeah and, and it's, they- it's blatantly obvious because while they're aside from the geography but all of the cars have south african registration plates yeah. also th- there's a bunch of like one-story houses and there's not a cloud in the fucking sky. It's... That's it. It's basically a tropical climate. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, I don't... I, that 
I don't really get that. I don't know how that decision was made, why literally no effort was made to alter that fact. Um, yeah. And like, so yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work. I, I assume... I assume that they just thought, who has actually been to London? We're fine. There's no one in London. It's just like an idea, like, you know. <laughs> London's yeah. a state of mind, not yeah. a capital of a country. L- and London's just a pop culture thing that people reference. Yeah. It's just a place the Clash knew about. It's... Yeah. I wasn't, um, I wasn't a huge fan of the fact that he only turns like full bloodshot with the white skin and the red yeah, dot yeah. Right at the sort of because end. he's overloading like that seems to be the the premise there that this is his almost super saiyan look <laughs> yeah and i think the point is that again alongside the ptsd like another slightly deeper part of bloodshot is that he doesn't fit in like he can yeah. look like anyone but he doesn't and like that makes him different and the fact is, like, Vin Diesel could just walk into a shop and, you know, like, nobody had bat an eye. And I think uh, I think that's a bit of a shame. It is. I yeah. miss not seeing classic. Because the other thing is, they even say, you know, the nanites are your blood. But we see the nanites and they're not red. And they're not like normal, you know. I mean, yeah, maybe they're carrying oxygen. But surely there must be some sign that your blood is nanites. I don't know. just doesn't. Also, I think something else that could easily be overturned with a sequel, but they completely dismiss the idea that there were other bloodshots, that this bloodshot is the latest yeah. version yeah. in a, in a yeah. line of kind of semi-successful versions. Um, they kind of say, well, you're just the first, the first one we've made work. Um, and again, that's something you could easily just overturn and go, wow, we were lying. Well, yeah, of course they didn't tell him. Uh, yeah. Um, but I still think, I, I, I like that mythos of him being kind of just the latest version of, of a tool. And that's what he is. Like, he's just the, the best drill, basically. What, yeah. what gets me just to, is, is we see the early experiment with the, cam- the mouse with cancer. And I'm just like, how far gone was that mouse? How was it still alive? <laughs> Do you know? Like, like the the poor mouse. I mean, it, it dies before the nanites can fix the cancer. It's like, it's beyond stage four. Why on earth did um, you wait that long? You know, was it literally on its last breath and you thought, well, well might as well, you know, inject some nanites. And clearly they didn't have enough for. time to work. It was just like, really? Really? Surely if you're trying to adapt this technology, you would test it on something quite basic first. Like, you know, oh, this it's got a little tumour. We'll just see whether the nanites can fix that, rather than this mouse has got full-blown cancer, it's about to die, let's just see what happens. I mean, I'm not into animal experimentation at all, but I feel like that's the worst kind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, having, having, I don't know. And I want, uh, I want mouse bloodshot, that's the upshot. Ooh, mouse shot. <laughs> yes. Blood squeak? Not bad. Um... Oh, now I'm just thinking of different animal puns. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I was going to say, after after criticising it somewhat, um, to give it a little, uh, a little positive push, I think in terms of a kind of beat-to-beat story, I don't think it ever ceases to make sense in terms of 
like the direction of the plot as you've mentioned i think individual characters motivations are sometimes a bit strange and just certain technologies don't make sense like uh kt uh initials kt which is then never brought up or explained what are her initials that could have been a really good little side thing i just think you've you've given her a specific name that is a name that needs to be corrected so that you're you are drawn to the fact that she's called kt yeah, and then, and then never mention and it again. They do nothing with it. But also the point being, like, she's got this chest valve that she breathes through. Mm-hmm. What's she talking through? Chest valve, baby. Because <laughs> that all <laughs> needs air as well. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it is very unclear how that's meant to work. Um, I also... Yeah. Oh, sorry. After you, it, after it, after. It's like if you give someone a tracheotomy... You don't put the breathing bit down in the chest. It goes further up. It goes sort of at the bottom of the throat rather than the That's middle of the chest. straight into the old lungs. Yeah. I, I feel like that the neck thing must have been more awkward makeup. And that's... Yeah. <laughs> I I had a similar thing with... Uh, is he Tibbs? Tibbs, right? Tibbs, yes. Tibbs, yes. Tibbs with his, like, clavicle-mounted cameras. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, constantly looking up at people, which seems like just weird when it's like if i'm so used to people getting robot eyes that yeah it then begs and he even gets that headgear which lets him see just (laughs) whatever he fancies really um in in a kind of inexplicable manner which then made me question like well why is he like chest camera in it i I just feel for toby keppel who played him because he also played victor von doom in the most recent Fantastic Four. I thought we Toby was Axe. No. Was he Axe? He yeah, may have been Axe. God, IMDB has confused me, yeah, hasn't we, it? We were, we were talking about this when we were watching it. We were saying, like, well, Angela's going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with Toby Keppel is, part of me does think, it's unfortunate he's the second sexiest Victor Von Doom. But... Mm. You know what? Not a bad looking dude. He just seems to die in horrible circumstances in and picks ways. not great characters to portray in superhero films. In not great movies. Yeah, yeah. so Justice for Cody. Yeah, for, no, yeah. I don't know. Ah, justice for Toby. Justice for go. Toby. Hashtag. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to involve, but. Yeah, I will say going going back to KT and the breathing apparatus that quite clearly would not work in a real environment. Um, it it's she's frustrating because she is the female lead in this particular film, and we don't get enough of her. Like you get that she feels sorry for Ray when you know Dalton clearly hates his guts, although we don't know why Dalton hates his guts. And Tibbs is just there with his little cameras. Um, but we don't know what what is it about him. What There's clearly something that happened in her past that's made her sympathetic in some way. And there's, there's that brief little bit where she talks about the coin that the guy on her first ship gave her and all of that. And there's little hints, and it's so frustrating because we're so close to getting some decent character past with her. Never quite gets, doesn't quite get there. No, I think she's very underserved. Um, I mean, I think all of the characters are incredibly like two-dimensional. As a sort of just action piece of that maybe C-tier action genre, I think it does a job, doesn't it? Like, I think yeah. most of the characters, despite their technologies not 
realistically like <laughs> seeming that practical mm. they mostly look quite cool i think the design work is yeah. is relatively good mm. um oh there was a bit as well i don't know why this wound me up so much he crashes a truck of flour in a tunnel yeah. yes. to block everybody off and the first thing they do is light flares right? yeah. flour is hugely flammable yeah. Just lob some flares into the flower. Like it should have just been a firestorm and then job done. Bloodshot wins. I don't wins. know <laughs> why. I think they wanted like atmosphere for the fight. Like, oh, we'll yeah. have it in a in a tunnel. But how can we add extra atmosphere? Like smoke. Oh, uh, well, we can't really, you know, smoke. Let's have flower because it's like snow, but flower. Mm-hmm. And it's fine, and we can have smoke with it and stuff. And I'm like, it, it, it was put, there was no reason to have a flower truck it just didn't work this conversation went through my head so they they make the decision that's what they're going to do and they say okay well let's get loads of flour and the the pyrotechnic guy will say oh you can't have real flour because yeah. as soon as we put the flares yeah. in so they will have known that flour is flammable and that the scene therefore doesn't make sense before making the scene and yet so they chose use to fake flour <laughs> They will have yeah. to have used some sort of fake flower. Which I would have just... actually, I'd have, appl- I'd have stood and applauded if one of the mercenaries caught some out of the air and licked it and went, that's fake flower. Yeah. <laughs> then then I would have... Safe, guys, safe. Yeah. Get the Oscar. You've nailed it. Um, <laughs> there are a few sequences. So that action sequence in the tunnel seems impossibly long. Yeah. <laughs> It just keeps coming, and I I can't figure out why. It's it's a lot. It feels a lot like someone saw Daylight starring Sylvester Stallone. Oh, and where thought, he's trapped in the tunnel. And, yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. Just and thought this is hmm. my moment. This is my moment where I recreate Daylight, it's but with like, less people. It's like, look, this is my pitch for a sequel to uh, to Daylight. I yeah. got to get it out here right now. Show them that I can do it. And and fair play because it is like daylight, Rocky, First Blood, and I think we all agree that that's the yeah. hierarchy of Stallone, yeah. right? But it's oh, st- correct. Still, probably the better fight scene of the film. Like, I, it's still probably the best action scene in the film. I, think I probably... prefer. I like the bathroom fight. It's not real, but I, it's a bathroom fight. That's my favorite. Oh, I had forgotten the bathroom fight. The bathroom yeah, fight. Yeah, is... I made a note of the bathroom fight with exclamation marks because that's the kind of person I am. Um, the, it is it, something we also see in, um, of course, everyone's favorite. Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. Yeah, yeah. fights all around, guys. So, how, if everyone's happy to go there, how how do you think this bloodshot compares to Jason David Frank's Ninjak versus the I, Valiant Universe bloodshot? I prefer the Green Ranger. I'm Interesting. Be- I mean, partly because he has hair. If which... from now on, can we refer to them as like J Shot and Vin Shot? Or <laughs> I'm down with that. But he's, I don't know, because a he's got hair, which he has in the comics. He's a more accurate looking Bloodshot. Yes. I can understand what he's saying more, 
I don't feel like he needs a throat lozenge, which is nice. But also, I think that although Bloodshot in Ninja versus the Violent Universe doesn't really do a lot aside from kill people and eh, growl, there is a certain cynicism to him. Now, maybe it's because Vin Diesel's Bloodshot has only just discovered the nature of, you know, rising spirit project tech or some such. But it feels like the Jason David Frank version is a more aware bloodshot. Like he's got the cynicism. He's got, you know, he's got the bit of the traumatic past bleeding through, which is ridiculous because that bloodshot is still not a great bloodshot. But I feel like it's truer to the internal spirit of bloodshot <laughs> compared to this. Whereas Vin Diesel's bloodshot, you know, you don't know what kind of man I am. I still don't know what kind of man you no. are, Mr. Diesel. Something which could have been a, a good setup for a sequel. I must preface this with I just I just don't really like Vin Diesel as an actor. Um, I don't find him very engaging or charming. His best role is his best role is Groot. Yeah. Which says a lot. I I sorry, I'll let you finish your point. Go on. Um thank you. <laughs> I think the the uh sorry, I think the Green Ranger um actually looks more closer to how I would want Bloodshot to look, which yeah. is the full-on kind of uh, absolute pale white skin, red eyes, red circle on his chest, and a big leather jacket like it's 1999. Um, I think, like, overall, obviously, the budget tells in this, and just from a spectacle... This this bloodshot is obviously much superior, I think. But from a yeah, just from a pure kind of look point of view, mm. I'd go Green Ranger. Yeah. Or White Ranger, depending on, you know, generationally. Yeah. Yeah. Other Ranger colours are available, Jason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what I was gonna say is like I kinda like I, I totally agree that over like between the two of them, I prefer the the like I prefer Green Ranger, uh, Bloodshot, uh, and not just because of his line of uh, MMA wear, but um, I generally actually quite like Vin Diesel in terms of like modern day action stars, mm. um, partially because I feel like his his kind of ultra macho-ness is often kind of deliberately like a, almost like a parody of macho-ness and like a is, is, is heightened is, is yeah, just heightened to the point of like, of, of, of sheer macho-ness. But yeah, he's just talking through gravel in this entire film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with Matt. I, I quite like Vin Diesel. Um, I can't think of why. I mean, okay, the teenager in me still likes Triple X, and The Last Witch Hunter was better than people gave it credit for. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> it was, Matt. Accept it. Um, one of my com- complaints here is, I think... Um, 
but yeah, I think I think the the look is a lot of it. Jason David Frank looks like Bloodshot. He is, uh, as we've all said now, <laughs> he is blood, yeah. what Bloodshot looks like, and Vin yeah. Diesel isn't. And I, I, whilst like I don't know, giving Vin Diesel CGI hair or painting hair on him would have been surreal. Um, yes. You could have at least had him as white or grey with a red spot on his chest. Yeah, and I, I think that leads into a, a kind of larger bloodshot problem. Um, this has got nothing to do with Batman the Sun or the Valiant Universe miniseries, but the fact that he doesn't wear the, like, bloodshot T-shirt with the red circle oh. and he yeah. doesn't have the, like, white skin, red eyes look for, for, like, any significant period kind of puts us into a position where even if this film hadn't come out, like, literally about uh, three days before lockdown in the UK, which obviously did a load of damage and nobody went to see it. Yeah. I just don't know. It's not like you could do Bloodshot merchandise that was based on this film because you have a T-shirt design from the comics, but you can't sell that if it's not in the film. You can't sell the Bloodshot image if the comic book Bloodshot and movie bloodshot to there's no crossover and obviously we know valiant have got that stupid line of merchandise it's like here's the valiant touch lamp here's the valiant throw here's the valiant wall hanging but yeah and they've got this surreal amount of bloodshot merchandise but none of it lines up with the movie so i don't really know i feel like they're kind of against themselves it, it feels like the, there's two different forces at work within Valiant. There's the comic book people who are like, let us milk the comic books for all they are worth. Mm. And then there's the film people who are like, we have milked the comic books for a film. But we know not how to tie this into all the other things that you are milking from this comic book. We're just kind of... it. It feels very divorced. Like, if you watch... DC film or you watch a Marvel film you are constantly aware of this is based on a comic book and I will be able to go out and buy the related merchandise and perhaps even buy the related comic whereas if you watch this it reads a lot like those comic book films that a lot of people don't realize are comic book films yes and I think part of it is intentional because as time goes on, more and more people seem quite vocal about how sick of comic book adaptations they are, even though they're unaware that there's always been quite a lot. Yeah. But, <laughs> but with something like this, if, uh, if it hadn't been for lockdown and the pandemic, I do wonder if this would have been as successful as other Vin Diesel action films. Maybe not like, you know, Fast and the Furious, but like The Last Witch Hunter or Triple X or these things that people did go and see would this have been successful as a vin diesel film i don't i I don't think it would like we've had enough kind of evidence before that like the vin like vin diesel name doesn't necessarily bring in um the like always bring in an audience like we you know we already mentioned uh last witch hunter five stars would recommend (laughs) um and yeah, I I don't think that that did particularly well. 
Almost definitely not, no. But Vin Diesel seems to have mm. a good time making it, which seems oh, to be yeah. a common trend with his films. He seems really yeah. into stuff. And to be fair, I, I respect that. I respect that a lot. If if that's you know if if you're if you have the ability to mm. make films that you want to make and have fun, go for it. Yeah, I don't think it will ever be, like you say, he's the, enough of a draw to have made this film like yeah. independently a success. But mm. like IMDb, it gets 5.7 out of 10, which for my money, I think is probably about right. Like, it's not it's not awful. Yeah. I think it is a serviceable action film yeah. that compared to its source material, I think we probably agree that it misses some key components that make the character more interesting, elevates it beyond its action roots. What what does interest me with that is that on Amazon, which is where I watched it, it's 2,000 people have rated this and it's averaged out at four and a half stars out of five. The star rating system on Amazon is insane. Mental, isn't it? Absolutely no sense. (laughs) But when I kind of clicked into the reviews to see what people said, a lot of the most recent ones are really like positive reviews. And I think most of those come in reaction to incredibly negative reviews, mm. which I don't think it yeah. deserves either. Like the, it, this is not a bin fire of a film. It's and just there are, boring. That's kind of it. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it's biggest sin is just being incredibly boring. Yeah. And it just treads its way through its tropes. Doesn't it really? But I, it doesn't deserve a huge amount of hate. It doesn't deserve a huge amount of praise, but I think like the, the two, sides of the coin have, have come to a rough consensus that it's like a five out of ten like it's it's yeah. okay yeah it's, i i'm oh, sorry angel it, it, it is a five out of ten it's nothing i think if it had been released in 1992 it would probably have got far better reviews because we were in a different world back then when because vin diesel feels like a bit of a throwback in that you know he's a modern action star in the mold of stallone and schwarzenegger but that archetype has long since gone to the dinosaurs um it's not a bad film but i will say what and to just compare it back to ninjak versus the valiant universe as a miniseries has terrible production values and awful acting and yet i enjoy it more because it has some kind of heart to it like Yes, the stain on Neville's shirt moves constantly. Yes, no one could <laughs> yeah. do an accident. Yes, no one knows what London actually is as a place. It's but, a concept, <laughs> it's a state of mind. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it feels like everyone involved, bless their hearts, was trying their absolute best to do something fun and exciting and new. Whereas this feels like Vin Diesel really wanted to be there to do something fun and exciting <laughs> and new, but everyone else was fairly bored by the whole experience. <laughs> yeah, like you say, like that. Also, if it had been made in the 90s, would have got squibs. There would have been loads That's of squibs true. and less. And it would have and... been a 15 as well. Yeah, like we, I would have gotten to see when people got shot at, just like, uh, just just explosions coming off of their clothes, uh, rather than CGI blood. Yeah, that's true. I um, I think it is very much a throwback of a action film, and unfortunately, in keeping with that, comes the age old complaint that there are actually only two women in this entire film. <laughs> 
Yeah. One of which is Gina Bloodshot's wife? Fictional well, wife? Fi- fictional yeah. wife. She was his girlfriend. They dated five years ago and then they split up because the job was more important than her. So she went, married a guy and had two kids in very quick succession. I'm not judging. Uh, she also manages to have um, one of those great dead wife scenes that you get in films where they're like yeah. in his memories and she's for some reason under the sheet in bed. Look, love it when people inexplicably <laughs> add those into their films as if yeah. that's something we all do all the time. Um, and then the other is obviously KT who matters more sometimes, but well, not only to, just. Yeah, not not like um, she's all. It, she's essentially just the Deus Ex Machina to kind of get bloodshot out of trouble yes the other thing that has only just occurred to me is that she's the one that has the empathy and all that and also she's a woman and the male not a single male character in this film has empathy with bloodshot apart from maybe wiggins in a comedy scene and yeah. that's just re- a realization i've just had and it really rankles me because yet again woman has to do all the emotional lifting thank you very much hollywood it's a throwback in both its style and its sort of sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Which I um, think is, is a shame. I, I know this must be a huge risk for a film company to like bank on, on something like this and going for the kind of lowest common denominator is probably the safe move. But imagine if this film had been closer to like DC's Joker, where we're looking at a vulnerable, broken mm-hmm. ex-soldier with no memory and these sort of uncontrollable powers and voices in his head, less action, more like introspection. I think it would have been, I think you could have told an incredible like story with that. Um, but I appreciate why, you know, you're not going to I mean, put a lot of money into something that might appeal to just sort of indie kids. That That's interesting because that as well sort of reflects the comics because Jeff Lemire's run, which is the best bloodshot run, does have the introspective, thoughtful, broken bloodshot who, ha- you know, who goes through so much trauma, but it's so good. Um, but then they've kind of pivoted completely with bloodshot as a character and they have started to pander to that area of the valiant fans who are very vocal about things are better when bloodshots just shooting people and so the current the last comic run was was it bloodshot project rising spirit or whatever it was called was god awful and i feel like there's a lot of that which was pulled from this film they're very similar in terms of i think some of the character names even possibly i didn't pay much attention because it was a horrible book but that disappoints me because it's like you yeah you've pandered to them in the film and i get that because there's a lot more money on the line than a comic book but then they're doing the same in the comics now pandering to the lowest common denominator which is the guys who like the shootings but ultimately it works doesn't it it makes money <laughs> unfortunately more than which me. is why i hate the world <laughs> i i have to say though on the comic book run i would love to see like image email us constantly to say this is sold out this is done really well i would love to get that email once from valiant to say you know yeah. bloodshot six is sold because we've had a run i can't even remember project rising spirit as Angela has mentioned, Bloodshot yeah. Rising Spirit, whatever it was called. Yeah, that was it. 
The original writer left before the series started. I think there were four writers on the mm-hmm. first couple of issues. Then Elia Rahal got dragged in to kind of try and fix, fix it, it and it, couldn't. Yeah. And then they dropped the whole thing and just went with straight Bloodshot by Tim Seeley. But I don't know who's reading it because it was such no. a punishment to get there. And considering both me and Angela have, like, you know, dedicatedly read Bloodshot since Lemire. I'm surprised. So it, it does make me wonder, like, does going all action on a Bloodshot comic actually sell better than getting Jeff Lemire to do you like a Bloodshot odyssey? Yes, absolutely. Without a doubt. All right, fair play. <laughs> if you can just, if you can give people 20 pages of um, superheroes punching each other, unfortunately, the majority lap it up. If you give challenging stories about eight people buy it really rave about it i mean look at even some of them are here within the world outside (laughs) of the big two like saga might be amongst the sort of the biggest names yeah you know removing things like the walking dead and i guess now the boys and some of those other things but like you can't just go out and buy saga merchandise it's simply it barely exists, and they ah, sell a bit. you've not been on Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> filled the well, gap there. Zach and Etsy. I were talking the other day about being two, like the only people we we've ever met who who have those original run uh, Lying Cat T-shirts that are now. You can see enough. right through them if you hold them yeah, up to the light. Yeah, like, they're they're translucent by this point. Beautiful stuff. Uh, I mean, Etsy is a dream that none of us truly deserve. Right. <laughs> Etsy makes True. everything. I like it. Um, but I guess my point being is that people like Familiar, I think. And yeah. even though Saga ticks so many boxes of popular stuff, it's sort of fancy and it's sci-fi. It's also kind of quite difficult and challenging at times. And I think that's a turnoff for a lot of people in their in their comic books. I think that's a shame, but, you know, different it- strokes. Indeed, yeah. And it's something that makes me curious because if you're the person who's decided, you know, you want an alternative superhero kind of universe and you've decided you want Valiant, I would think you would want something different than the standard action punchingness of Marvel or DC. And yet... Well, I think they did and then they were bought out. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. true. Fair point. Yeah. And, I, and I think yeah. I think the company that bought them just thought, <laughs> yeah. oh, we've got another, we've got a new Marvel on our hands. Let's copy what they do, yeah. and uh, yeah. and wait for, and wait for the money to roll in. Unfortunately, I, maybe that's me being a huge cynic. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think I the think, original crew yeah. kept the quality at a higher level through those early kind of sets of of comics and trades. I think when they crossed over, it made sense. I think, I mean, even within this Bloodshot comic, they set up um, several of the Harbinger characters. The uh, the fact that Bloodshot is a, was the kind of Psyot hunter. Mm. Um, they set up the goo, which comes back in a later story of the kind of nanites. They, yeah. they lays the groundwork for so much stuff. I think it's really quite cleverly written. And as mentioned, Archer Armstrong does a lot in that respect as well. Um. But I don't think they were probably making enough money, and that's—I imagine—that's why they sold it. 
and this new machine is <laughs> it was it was it was a slightly hostile takeover the company that ultimately bought them out dmg entertainment they were i think majority shareholders before the buyout yeah. or they certainly had a they had quite a lot of sway it sounds like it was quite messy and corporate stabby mm-hmm. um yeah but it it Back in the 90s, Acclaim took Valiant over in order to mine it for video games. And we all know how that ended. Um, so I know when DMG bought them out, Valiant fans were like, oh, God, let's hope it's not another Acclaim. And for a while there, we were quite confident it wouldn't be. And then mm. now, I don't know. I don't know what if they can't make the films out of it. And a sequel to this supposedly will be done. Um, they confirmed in November 2020 um, that they were going to pursue a sequel. But Harbinger now is with Paramount. Who knows what's going on with that? Oh, so wow, I had no idea. It's it's like, hmm, hmm, what is the future for Valiant cinematically? And if there isn't much of a future for them, are DMG going to be prepared to just focus on the comic sales because like Zach says, we never get any news from Valet like, hey, sold out run and all the rest of it. Admittedly, a sold out run is basically Diamond of Man, you know, Diamond yeah, of Offloaded all their issues. 25 copies have been printed. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, yeah. So it does worry me slightly that if they don't get what they want out of this, are they going to continue to actually prop the company up? Not that Valiant are doing particularly well, but Savage was good. Um, the yeah. optimist in me thinks that every every comic book company, whether they make a kind of shared ongoing universe or, or not, have bad comics. And even in the earlier runs, like there are comics, um, Dead Drop. Just, just, Dead Drop, flipping awful. Just it's plain, the worst just plain things. bad. Um, and uh, some of the shad early Shadow Man, like the first two volumes, are quite good. Oh, the third so one is, inconsistent. The third one yeah. and End Times are just absolute trash. And then I think it's, I haven't read a lot of the more recent, but some of it I think picked up again. Anyway, my point being that the, the, the positive in me is saying like there's always an opportunity to get it right and to kind of bring some of those stories back again. But... I also think you're absolutely right. Um, and a lot of it will weigh on the public's desire for superhero medium stuff. The problem for Valiant is they should have done this five, six, seven, yeah. eight years ago and got in on yeah. the game when it was really hot. I mean, I they think... were trying. They just couldn't make yeah, it happen as quick as I think they ground. wanted to. Remember, yeah. we're getting a Doctor Mirage series in 2018. It's been confirmed by CW. <laughs> <laughs> But like, God, I think people's, I think the general public's taste for superheroes is starting to wane. I think proven by Jupiter's legacy, um, not getting the traction that I think people expected. And I think unless you're doing something quite subversive with it, I think people are starting to get a bit bored generally. 
I think it's also the fact that, because Bloodshot was kind of hobbled by the pandemic as a film. And I think it's also the world that we're living in now is so god-awful. And we used to look to superhero stories as a form of escape and all the rest of it. But they've got darker and more depressing. And I think they're not providing what people want out of their media. Nostalgia is at an all-time high. I mean, there's a reason why Stranger Things set itself in the 1980s. It, it feels more like people want something a bit more nostalgic, like pop culture doesn't want to look forward at the moment because looking forward is death and destruction and the earth dying. Let's look backwards to when things were happier. So I do wonder if people just aren't getting what they want out of superhero stories the way they used to mm. 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, um, I think I think there's still room for like evolution, but... Um, do you know, I've, I've only read a handful of them, but I've read some of like IDW's adventure series where they do Marvel adventures and like mm. Star Wars adventures. Star Wars yeah. adventures are great. I love Star Wars. <laughs> That's it. They're pretty good. And they're just these self-contained kind of one-off little stories that I think the idea of having superheroes as a soap opera only works for so long. And, exactly. and once, once you told every story, it, you just repeating yourself or you jump the shark and it becomes just mad but i think with these just little vignettes of here's an adventure and we maybe learn a lesson at the end of it and we're better friends because of it i think that's what superhero (laughs) comics probably should be (laughs) for the most part and we i think um yeah i quite enjoy those yeah, it would be nice to have something a bit more standalone because I think you're right. I think another thing putting people off is the soap opera nature. I mean, Jupiter's Legacy, for example, <laughs> that's, that didn't do so well, and that's you know that's more of a soap opera-y type comic. I assume the series was similar. It felt too straight down the line. It felt too much like Marvel or DC, like they were really trying to ape it rather than trying to either subvert it or come up with their own idea i think that's what was boring about it it was yeah it was just like a bad copy of what we've already seen yeah but it's it's like if you look at the way people are watching streaming shows the streaming shows that are doing well are the weekly release ones they're no longer the binge model the binge model gets a bit of traction for a few weeks but if you've got an eight episode series you're getting traction every single week for eight weeks yeah, that's and two you months actually leave, and you actually leave time for discussion yeah whereas Absolutely. and i think maybe that's another aspect of, of media is is releasing things slowly let's you know have a little you know you've got one episode like you've got a standalone story admittedly there might be an arc when you've got more than one but you've got one episode that you can discuss and all the rest of it. And maybe we'll get that with the Dr. Mirage series coming from CW in 2018. Who's to say? I, uh, I, I do have to say, and this, well, this was going to be one of the kind of wrapping up questions. I assume we're in the kind of wrapping up territory. I think so. Yeah. So, first, firstly, remaining on Bloodshot for a second, would you all go back for a Bloodshot sequel? I would, but I'm contractually obligated to, say, to consume anything would. valiant. So, if you wanted to stay on the, if you want to stay on the podcast, you've got to. Yeah, <laughs> it is in yeah. your contract. It is in my contract. Yeah, so I mean, yes. I think I would. I think I would give 
the I think it's the directorial debut of the director. Yeah. Well, is it full length? Full length directorial yeah. debut, perhaps. Yeah. And there are threads left for a potential trailer. I think a better story, a more complex story, could be told. Do I think that's what would happen in a sequel? No, not really. I think it would be Fast and Furious Bloodshot Nine. <laughs> but, two blood, two shot. Yeah, two blood, two square. And uh, but that's it. Bring in blood square. Give me an imaginary friend who tells him to murder stuff. Like that's the bloodshot I want to see. Um, having but yeah, I'd, I'd sort of give it the benefit of the doubt and I'd give it a second crack of the whip. I probably won't watch this film again realistically <laughs> um just because there are many films in the world and, <laughs> the, and you've seen so this what one you twice. Say, what you're saying is you'll cycle round once you've gone through all of the other films you'll come back to it once i've watched every other film so it's not a definite no it's not a definite no if i dedicate my life and probably my next life to watching every film ever made then eventually you'll get round to this again. I'll come back to Bloodshot and we'll see how it holds up in... Uh... So uh, that is uh, unrestrained praise from Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loved it. How about you, Matt? Um, I, I, I see no reason... Like, uh, I, I would need to believe it was going to be something actually pretty spectacular for me to bother. Because, like... In either direction, either actually spectacularly good or spectacularly bad, this one, like we've said, kind of commits the cardinal sin of just being boring. Um, and like, I, I would love to go and just see, like if 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 this had been a an actually like just bad film like straight up bad i think i'd have had more fun with it and would be more likely to go and see a second one um but with just boring i'd i'd need to like i say feel like they were really trying to do something with the next one whether that be like making it a weird like a weird genre piece Mm. um or like just hammering out like what this sort of action movie looks like in like 2020 whatever yeah um but yeah so it's it's a case of like right now i'd say i wouldn't but that doesn't mean that i'm not that doesn't mean that i'm like unwinnable to it (laughs) could be brought around what about you zach where you landing on that I, I'd gladly watch another one. I think this is, as we've said, I think this is fine. I um, I don't think this is the best Valiant film or the be- even the best Bloodshot we could have got, but I'll gladly see another one. I think uh, Bloodshot, Katie and Wiggins are kind of not a bad trio to base a film around now that you've got them in place. Um I think there is potential. I think one of the problems is I feel like the plot has to be about like them going to free other rising spirit assets as we would have seen in the comics, which would then tie to Harbinger, which obviously we can't do. So I don't know. Is it, is it rampage? Is it, I don't know. 
someone else infected with nanites like we see in Lemire's run where they've kind of gone rogue and are killing people is it oh i definitely lean into that yeah i'd like having to hunt down other other sort of semi-infected people who have gone mad i think that would be a cool premise for a film i, I just want bloodshot mouse in there blood yeah. <laughs> there with a little machine gun I, I think it's that's the thing. It's like if you dig into the past and we get like the Soviet bloodshot and the is he the Vietnam? Vietnam. Oh, it's Viet- called Vietnam, yeah. isn't it? The bloodshot from Vietnam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. awful. Or like you know, bloodhound. If you open those doors, yeah. cool. If you do the like, is it the Red Circle gang or the Red Circle cult that is they're calling Lemire's run where they're like, infected with nanites killing people at random? Yeah. I'd be down with that in like a more kind of horror thriller kind of plot. But yeah, I think you need to amp up whatever genre you're going with and really play into, especially if you're not tying in with Harbinger and you're not tying in with, I don't know, Ninjack or Exo. I think you have to really exploit the good stuff in Bloodshot Mythos. Yeah. But yeah, I'll watch it regardless. Let's be honest. I'm... I'd really like to see Valiant go into, into animation. I think with yes. the particular rise of like adult yeah. animation, uh, yeah. it's it's cheaper, it's quicker to produce. I think you can kind of get your world across much quicker. Yeah. And um, within that, if it was kind of uh, serialized and periodic, you can do that world building. I'm thinking yeah. something like Avatar, where by the end of Avatar, you've learned a lot about the world. You've met a lot of different characters from a lot of different places over the span of... So what about eighty episodes or something? If that, it might even be less. Yeah, it yeah. could be less than that. And like we've already established, you start with Archer and Armstrong. Well, yeah. that, that was going to be my kind of bring in Gillard. Next question yeah. is: If you were going to do another Valiant live action, now that we've seen two different versions of it, yeah, what would it be, and what format would it take? It, I mean, it's quite clearly Archer and Armstrong, the cinematic yeah. universe. Um, we get the delinquents, um, and then we have Quantum and Woody in. Um, I'm just down with that. I think it would be something a little bit... I'd love to see that as a series. I think that would lend itself really well, particularly because they go to the far away and there are dinosaurs. And, yeah, and like, you know. Arch and Armstrong would work well anyway because like they're, co- they're traveling everywhere. They're like involved in all of these sorts of like weird um, investigations. Like They're the easiest ones to kind of yeah. try, like to bring everything in. Yeah, you can bring Gilad in, you can bring Ivar in, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they, they have their own stuff, but they are one of the easiest, uh, like, things to kind of, like, ways to bring in other... Yeah, like entry points. Yeah. yeah. You, you disagree, Zach. Very strongly disagree. <laughs> I, I think you go... I think you need to judge this by the fact that people just don't seem to want superheroes and you go really left field with it and do like divinity and I was going to say divinity is a joke yeah. because like, like but burn the earth side stuff to the ground and make me a film about a Russian cosmonaut talking to the abyss. Bingo. And, and then, yeah, then, you, then you've got, we've got that whole thing where he's like knows everybody because he knows everything. And sure, then he, I don't know, gets a pint with Armstrong or a kebab with Woody. I don't know. And I'm not sure I'm going with this. But <laughs> I, mean, I, I think just fuck, fuck the whole earthbound hero thing. It clearly isn't what the people want. 
my heart is absolutely with you. Like, I think they're the best choices and would be the most fun entry points. I think if they were going to do it commercially, I think their best move would actually go back to Ninjak and make a high-budget spy thriller. Yeah. I, think that, yeah. I, think that, I think that would be their easiest sell of all of the base characters, I think. As you say, kind of avoid the capes mm. um, and treat it more as a grounded spy thriller, I think would probably be their best option. But uh, no, I'm thinking Team Angela, uh, Archer and Armstrong all day. Yeah. Ah. Yay. I want to see Zach. all that. I want to see the various like crime syndicates that are once again yes. never spoken of again. Yeah. These are like the, the gnomes of Switzerland. Some, oh, gnomes, yeah. of gnomes of Zurich. Gnomes of Zurich. Yeah. So then yeah. You've got like the hash eaters and uh, well, they just call like block party and they just have huge yes. cubes for head with, yeah. with emoji expressions. Um, yeah, the one percent. The one yeah, percent. What, what a great series of like henchmen characters um, to introduce and then murder <laughs> systematically. Also, the great stuff with like, I know this is just me talking about Archer and Armstrong right now, but like when when the one percent goons are killed and like they're just like brilliant, they're downsizing our operation. Now we can replace <laughs> yes. them with contractors and uh, removing uh, r- like various rights that they have. <laughs> yeah, we don't need the healthcare anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It was extremely I, fun. I, I think the sadder reality is I just don't know if we're going to get a third go-around at Valiant live action, I think. I don't know if we're going to get a Bloodshot sequel. I mean, it's said it's going to happen, but many things have been said they're going to happen, and they've not happened, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I think it hinges on people's, the, the general public's taste. I think if people are still interested in superhero stuff in another five years' time, I could see Valiant having another crack at the whip, maybe an entire reboot. As we know, Paramount have the rights to Harbinger, so maybe something comes of that. But I think if people are just stopping going to see even Marvel stuff at the cinema, which will eventually happen, I think. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens. Now they've lost their marquee characters. Yeah, you'll always have core returning. I... I mean, I barely, I've barely seen any Marvel films or DC films or any of that stuff at cinemas in years. Like, I think the, I, I saw Thor Ragnarok largely just because the film on its own interested me. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've not. That's the only one I've seen um, since Guardians of the Galaxy two. Don't yeah. get me wrong, despite not really enjoying the comics as much anymore, I'm really into like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think it's a well-constructed, sort of and for the most part, each film is, is mostly good. And I think there are some bums in there, but actually I think their quality has increased as they've gone on. Yeah, um, And I'm still pretty excited for what's coming out on the slate. I must admit, Eternals, I don't know nothing about the Eternals. Who's read the Eternals? Uh, me. Yeah, I know you and guys I'm have. Zach. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm with Will. I've not read the Eternals. Don't worry about I just it. Couldn't so be that, bothered. They're good. At, they're good at doing the whole introduction business, and I know enough about Marvel comics that I will I'll probably be able to skip along. Um, but I think a lot of the core. I mean, I think it's similar to the westerns of the sort of. Um, I don't know, was it the 50s, 40s, 50s when... 50s, 60s. 50s, 60s. The big kind of westerns boom. And then it just stopped. And I think they will happen to superhero films eventually. And people will just... Enough of the audience will be sick of it. That'll be that. 
Um, and if that happens really quickly, then I think you're right. I think Valiant will will not see hide nor hair of them <laughs> again. Indeed. I, I would like to think that... Uh, hell, I, I'd like to think I'm wrong. I'd, I would like to think that there's, there's going to be a Harbinger film and it's going to be awesome. And yeah, exactly that. I'd like to think that we're going to get our Dr. Mirage show and our Quantum and Woody show and all the things that have been rumoured and talked about. But I don't know. I, I doubt it. I'd really like to see um, that bit where Harada burst bloodshot like 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 a flower yeah like, sort of yeah. Blooms, like blooms from the inside and just opens up around his waist god i, love yeah. I want to see that in cinema please <laughs> uh, maybe that's another thing it's like should the entire thing be like uh you know 18 r rated whatever you want to call it bloodbath of a film is that i think it would I mean, the thing is, is like you said, this is a 12. Back in my day, that would have been a 15 children. And that mainly because of the sex. Um, also, 12A like, didn't exist when we were 12. No, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Also that true. is yeah. true. Um, but I feel like it may have benefited from... I know why they did it. So, you know, you can take small children to see unsuitable films and, you know traumatize them i assume that's why it was done <laughs> um i mean i get the line between 11 and 12 is thin but the line between 12 and 6 is quite different back to the point i think that it probably would have benefited from being r-rated purely because there's not many that are r-rated <laughs> yeah. it would have yeah. stood out a bit more people would have been like oh it's like you know i mean deadpool did fantastically well r-rated or mm-hmm. 15, as we call it in the old country here. God, he's R-rated only a 15? Yeah, pretty I, much. Oh, really? What, what so do you X, have to do to be an 18 X-rated, these days? Is, is X-rated an 18? You have NC-17, which is the equivalent of 18. Yeah. Which okay. is no, no children 17 and under. I thought X is, like, unclassified. Basically. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah, but in yeah in America, R is the equivalent of a fifteen. They have PG thirteen, which is the equivalent of R twelve A. PG and U are the same. Yeah. I, I guess it says so much that I've not thought about like film ratings for so long that I just assumed R rated was eighteen because. Mm, no, it's NC seventeen. Wow, that's surreal game changing how much this needs to be universal um <laughs> interesting well yeah. you learn you learn something you every uh, so, every wednesday uh, night is that uh is that everything yeah yeah i think that more or less wraps us up for bloodshot um we have been angela matt will and zach collectively bigger than capes and so shall we continue to be um and maybe this week we've proved that comics is bigger than i'm not sure what we've proved this week no. they've proved that vin diesel is that, an action star yeah we've proven that films exist <laughs> and of all the films that exist bloodshot is one of them yeah. uh, yes unless of course this is all just a memory in order to motivate me to kill people Shit, he's on to us. <laughs> I mean, it's working. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to kill someone. Oh, 
Will, is your trigger phrase is <laughs> us just saying bigger than capes? Kill. Yeah. So you're the Mancunian candidate. Kill John Lennon. <laughs> Kill John Lennon. So <laughs> on this bazaar of notes, remember that <laughs> something or other is bigger, bigger, bigger than, than capes. capes.